I remember when I was in fifth grade um, playing baseball and one of the things that I wanted to, to do was to become a good pitcher and wasn't just naturally a good pitcher. I had some skill, but um, I found out about this guy that lived pretty close to where I grew up. And, um, and so he opened this gym that had indoor batting cages and pitching lessons. And so um, my dad and I on Monday nights for a season would, would drive up and, and he would teach me how to pitch. And so I learned so many things from, from this season of learning from this guy and, and loved getting to be around him. But I remember the, the first night that I walked in and, and he just looked at me and he said, hey, I want to I wanna just see kind of where we're starting from. And so, you know, you know take your wind up, throw a pitch. I want to just kind of t- to see what we're working with. And, and I remember he said this one line. He said, don't try to impress me with how hard you can throw, okay? Like, you're not loose. You've been riding in the car for an hour. Don't try to throw as hard as you can. And in my fifth grade brain, I heard him say, don't try to impress me, but the only thing I wanted to do was what, right? Try to impress him. And, and so, you know, I just rear back as hard as I can and throw like a 50 mile an hour fastball and he's completely unimpressed and my arm hurt the rest of the night. And, and I just remember the, that, that season of, of learning so much from him about the importance of being balanced in your wind up and, and every time in the delivery, just falling through the same way. But I think the thing that I learned most and appreciated most about my time with him was learning this pitch called a breaking ball. And if you're not familiar with baseball, a breaking ball, you know, it comes out of the pitcher's hands, and then as soon as it gets to plate, it just drops, like the bottom's supposed to fall out of it. And so the point is, you know, they think they're getting a fastball and they're going to hit it, and then the purpose is they, you know, end up doing like a wood chop, chasing the ball down. And so I loved pitching to my friends after learning this pitch, just making them look like fools, right? That they get up to the plate and they think they're going to hit it and then they just end up like hitting the bat into the ground. And, and I, I loved learning from him that pitch. And honestly, it served me really well for many, many years until I couldn't throw hard anymore and everyone just started hitting home runs off of me. But there was a season where pitching was a lot of fun. And, and I was just kind of thinking about that season that he had given me this knowledge. He'd given me this pitch but it did me no good unless I put it to use, right? For me to simply know how to throw a breaking ball doesn't strike anybody out, doesn't help my team out at all. It's only when I put it into practice that it started to benefit people. And in that same spirit, you know, we are looking at a series this summer called Experiencing Jesus. And the whole hope of what we're doing is that we are just really looking really closely at Jesus's personality, his his heart, his ways, not just so that we know about him, but so that we know him, so that we can put the things into practice that he's, he's teaching us. In today's text, we're going to be in Matthew 11, and if I'm being completely honest, I wasn't jazzed to teach this passage of scripture. It's one of those that I just feel like I've heard so many times, I've heard it preached on, I've preached on it, it's on the walls in our office, it's in songs that we sing, and it just it was one of those, these, these passages of scripture that I just feel like, man, I know this text. And one of the things that the Lord was convicting me of is, Brandon, you know this text, but you are not applying this text to your life. It's completely different to to know something and to put it into practice in your life. And so this morning, our hope is that as we look at these three verses that we leave here, and as people who are really wanting to walk with Jesus, like that's why we're here, amen? Like, you didn't just show up this morning because it's what you do on a Sunday morning in the South. You came here this morning because you want to know Jesus. There's something deep inside of you that wants to please him, that wants to walk with him, that wants to reflect his life to your friends and your family, that we desire Jesus. And so this morning, we're going to look at him for the purpose of reflecting him. 
We're gonna walk through this just verse by verse, these three verses. And so this is how Jesus starts out, Matthew eleven twenty eight. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I actually wanna start at the end of this sentence. Work our way back. You know, I love that Jesus doesn't say, come to me if you're weary and burdened, and I will permanently pull you out of the things that are causing you to be weary and burdened. Jesus doesn't say, come to me, and I will evacuate you. Now, what does he say? I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. And that's really different than being removed from something. Um, so often in the middle of hardship, when I'm going through something that's difficult, and whether it be at work or with my family, I just want out. Amen. I don't want to be taught a lesson. I don't want to endure. I just want to get out of there. And I love that the Lord was just teaching me this week. In the midst of our weariness and burdens, he's not about pulling us out of everything. No, he's about putting into us the things that we need so that we can keep walking the path that he has for us. The word for rest in the Greek, it's the word anapazo. If you hear a familiar word in the English, the word pause, it's, it's the word that, that means to rest. It means to be revived. It means to be refreshed. Does anyone here this morning need to be revived in spirit? Going through something and you go, man, I need to be refreshed. I need some rest. It's a hard path I'm on. Last Saturday, my family and I are privileged to be foster parents, and it's one of the most amazing and joyful and things that I'm just learning so much about God's heart, and, but it's also one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. So last Saturday, the, the organization that we were working with, Agape, this amazing organization, and the social workers, which I'm convinced social workers have the hardest job, the most underthinked, overworked people on the planet, and yet it's so incredibly important. And I'm watching these social workers who, you know, week in and week out, they're caring for these kids that they don't have anyone to care for them in the moment, and they're, and they're, and they're helping the parents get back on their feet so they can be reunified with their kids, and they're, they're taking care of us as their foster parents, and they throw this whole party on Saturday for, for us. And I'm just, I'm thinking about these amazing people, these social workers, and I'm going, what are they doing? They're, they're not throwing this party so that we'll quit being foster parents. No, they understand it's hard work, and what you need in the middle of it is just to be revived, to be refreshed, to, to stay in the hard thing, to keep going. I love what Jesus says. I'll give you rest. I'm not going to pull you out. I'm not going to remove you. It's not an evacuation from the hard things in your life. I'll pull you out fill you up and put you right back in. I'll give you rest. He says, all who are weary and burdened. Weary from what? Burdened from what? Jesus doesn't give any qualifiers. There are no conditions in what is causing our weariness and burdens, which means that it's open to all things. It's not just this narrow one thing that's causing you to be weary or burdened. And so what that means is, man, if, if you're weary and burdened because of a lingering illness or chronic pain, 
if you're weary because you just lost someone that you love, or you lost a friendship or a job or a dream, or you're weary because work is hard or because finances are tight or because depression just won't seem to leave you, if you're burdened and weary over the brokenness in our country, it's being manifested through racism and abortion and school shootings. If you're burdened over international wars and conflict, if you're burdened over even your own sin, if you're weary because of what your sin has done to other people, or if you're weary because of what other people's sin has done to you, Jesus says, if you are weary and burdened, come to me. And I think it's really important that we understand that Jesus doesn't put qualifiers around that. I think most of us, if we've been following Jesus for a while, we're, we, we probably have a pretty easy time going to Jesus with our, our weariness and our burdens, when, with things that are out of our control, things that are common to us all. Man, but, but this week, the Spirit of God was really convicting me going, man, but, but what about the weariness and the burden that comes from our own sin and our own choices? And the things that we brought on ourselves. Jesus says, come to me all. It's just incredibly significant and important for those of us who struggle, who sin, who keep falling back into those patterns and doing those things that we just want to quit doing. And it doesn't mean that, that Jesus comes and he bails us out of our consequences, but what it does mean is that he deeply cares when you've done things to make your life incredibly hard and difficult, he cares. And he's not gonna leave you on your own to figure it out. I was listening to a John Tyson um, podcast a while ago. John Tyson's a pastor up in New York City. And he was talking about the development of his children, his teenage kids, and he was telling his son, he said, you know, I, I want to raise my kids in a way so that no matter what situation that they find themselves in, whether they, they find themselves in trouble of their own doing or because of something that has been done to them, I want my kids to always be able to pick up the phone and to say, Dad, I need your help. You know, one of the things that I did as a kid, and maybe you relate to this, I was such a liar as a kid. I covered things up. And I've learned, you know, so as I'm trying to raise my children now, I, I, I don't want my kids to, to be liars. I don't want them to, to hide. I don't want them to have to cover things up. And, and, and my parents are great parents, not bringing the wrath down on me when I messed up. It was just a, a part of the flesh that was rearing up inside of me. And so for me with my kids, I go, man, I want my kids when they break something or when they say something they shouldn't or they do something that they shouldn't, I don't want them to be scared to come to me when they mess up. And so practically, when my kids do that, when they come to me and they own up, I, I try to always start with, no matter how frustrated I am deep down, thank you for telling me. I'm proud of you for telling me. I know that it's hard to, to live in the light, to be a person of truth, but thank you. Now, now let's work on this. We need, we, get, we need to walk into some repentance, right? Think about this with me. I want you to wrestle with this question. Where do you turn when you're weary and burdened? Let's get down into the weeds of this. Man, when you've had a hard day at work, 
when you get into an argument with one of your good friends or your spouse or your parents, when you lose your job, when you just feel down? Do you try to ignore those feelings? Do you try to run from them? Do you try to drown them out? Do you try to busy yourself with something else so you don't have to think about it or feel it? Or do you do the exact opposite where you stay in your head, you analyze it, you try to fix it here? Or maybe you lash out. You lash out on social media. You lash out at the people you love most. And I love what Jesus says, in the midst of your weariness and burdens, come to me. What does it mean to come to him? You know, in their context, it was literally in the physical coming to Jesus. We don't have physical Jesus here with us in the same way. We will see him one day. So what does that mean? What does it mean for us to, to come to him? It means that we pray. It means that we, we talk to him about the things that are on our hearts. This is the way that any good friendship or relationship works, that you don't just read each other's minds. No, you let each other in on what's going on in your heart, and God knows the thoughts of our hearts, but it builds relationships when we open up to him. I love that Jesus says, come to him. No matter what is at the root cause of your weariness, come to him. Think about this, man, when, what do we tell people that we care about when they are carrying a heavy burden or when they are weary, you know, when, when something physical is going on or mental or emotional, we, like a good friend, say, hey, man, it might be good to go to counseling or it might be good to, to go see your doctor, it might be good to go get physical therapy. There, you know, when, when there are things that are going on in the lives of people that we love that are around us, we refer them to others. And we should do that because we understand that we don't have what it takes to meet all the needs in front of us. But I love, notice what Jesus claims. If you are weary and burdened, come to me. There's nothing too big for him. There's nothing too complicated for him. In in moments of weariness, he doesn't give us a referral. He doesn't make us wait in line. No, he offers himself. The all-knowing, all-powerful one. He gives us the best. When I was in high school, I tore my ACL in my left knee. And we were searching out a doctor to repair it. And I didn't just want any surgeon. I wanted the best, the best that we could afford. I wanted someone who had experience, who had a lot of success, who knew what they were doing, who had wisdom. And this is what Jesus is offering us. In the midst of the weariness and burdens of life, I'm offering you myself. I'm not trying to to, to put you on someone else. I'm not trying to tell you to figure it out. I'm telling you to come to me. And he says, if you do that, I will give you rest. Man, that's a bold claim for Jesus to say, no matter what is causing us to be weary or burdened, that he can give us rest no matter what. That's a bold claim. Can you back it up? So many times in my life, I've known this passage, I've known this truth, but I've not put it into practice in my life. But also think about many moments in my life where I have turned to Jesus. Remember when I was in college, there was a major eruption in my family unit. I remember sitting outside underneath this moon and the stars and just giving God my heart giving God my anger, giving God my frustration, giving God my sadness, asking God for help. I remember when we had a miscarriage. I remember going through a hard season of 
ministry, feeling really insecure. And over and over and over again, when I found myself taking my weariness and my burdens to Jesus, you know what I found? He was there. That he, he didn't evacuate me from these situations. He didn't remove all the things that were hard in my life. No, but he imparted the peace and he imparted in me the promise that he was with me. See, guys, when we come to him, he gives us rest. How does that work? I don't know. That's the way that he set things up. If we are willing to come to him and not try to figure it out on our own, he will give us rest. Verse 29, Jesus keeps going. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. What's the yoke that he's talking about? You know, this is, this is farm equipment. This is, this is my language. I grew up on a farm in Western Kentucky, and so he speaks this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm tracking with you. You know, before, before tractors and modern day technology, man, the power tools around the farm were animals. It was mules, it was, it was oxen, it was horses. And the way that they would do it is that they would, they would hook these oxen up and they would, they would put a yoke on them and, and the yoke would be attached to a plow and the plow would, would, would turn up the ground so that you could plant your garden and so that you could feed your family in a day and age that didn't have Kroger and didn't have Publix. This is, you took care of your family by, by planting the, the seeds in the ground. And so this was a, a, a vocabulary that was very familiar with people of the day. And Jesus is drawing on this image that they would have been familiar with. And what he is saying, I don't want us to miss this. He says, just like two animals do the work together, they put the yoke on them themselves and they work together. That is exactly how I want to live life with you. Right beside you. With you. It's not me pulling all the weight. It's not you pulling the weight. It's us side by side doing work together. Don't miss this. What Jesus is inviting us into is for every part of our lives to be marked by closeness with him. Take my yoke upon you. Live this life with me is what he's saying. Be my disciple. Jesus doesn't force it on us though. He keeps going. He says, take my yoke. He says, be my disciple. Live life with me. He says, learn from me. One of my favorite things to do right now in this season of life is to, is to build things. I love building things out of wood, working with my hands. Once a year, I get to, you know, about once a year, I'll, I'll work on a project, whether it be for our home or something else. And, and my dad will come up. My dad is just a master when it comes to working with wood and tools. And so um, he will come up. And whenever my dad comes up to help me, one of the things that I know is that there is not going to be a problem that we're going to face that we can't figure out. And when I say we, I mean he. <laughs> and it gives so much confidence. It's so much fun to, to, to build something, to venture into something, and to know when you get to the end of your limitations, there's someone that is wiser and smarter than you to help you. Jesus says, learn from me. And what he means there is, is learn through instruction. Which means, guys, there's something that happens when we read these words. When we come to the scripture for the purpose of, of putting them into practice in our lives, we're not just reading words. It's not like just reading the New York Times best-selling, uh, the next best-selling novel. No, what we're doing is when we pick up the scripture to put these words into practice, 
We are learning from Jesus. We are actively building our relationship. Do you understand that? Jesus sees that. Do you know that, that Jesus longs to teach us about everything in life, that he doesn't want to just teach us how to be you know, good Christian people on a Sunday morning. Man, he wants to inform and help you and work through every problem that life throws at you. He wants to speak into your finances. He wants to teach you how to make decisions. He wants to, to show you how to work through conflict. He wants to, to, to show you what a family unit should look like. He wants you to have intimacy with your spouse. Jesus cares about you learning, and he wants you to learn from him. He says, take my yoke and learn from me. And I love this. He says, for I am gentle and humble in heart. What does it mean for Jesus to be gentle and humble in heart? You know, there's a gentleness that is a byproduct of someone who's just simply weak. They don't have a choice, right? They're gentle because they don't have anything else to offer. And then there's a gentleness that comes from someone who's really strong choosing to be gentle, right? The disciples up to this point, they'd seen Jesus do some really incredible things. They'd seen him calm a storm literally speak to a storm. It completely stopped. They saw him raise someone from the dead. They saw him open the ears of deaf people and open the eyes of blind people. They'd seen him do a lot. They were really familiar with his strength. And I love what Jesus says. He says, you need to understand that I'm strong enough to protect you and to defend you. But when it comes to our relationship, you're going to get gentleness. You know, think about the difference in a gentle boss and a harsh one or a gentle parent versus a harsh one. There's so much involved, tone and posture and motives and thoughtfulness. And here's what Jesus is saying about himself. I don't fly off the handle in anger when you mess up. And I'm not compulsive. I'm controlled, I'm very composed. Jesus never looks back and goes, man, I wish I would have handled that situation differently. How many times do we do that? Jesus is saying this, remember, in the context of a conversation about weariness and burdens, which he doesn't put parameters around. He says, when you come to me in the midst of your weariness and your burdens, no matter what is causing them, what you can expect to find, someone who's gentle. Someone who's humble in heart. The word humble here in the Greek, it means one who understands you, who sympathizes with you. That when you come to Jesus, what you find is someone who gets you. I was spending time with a guy the other day. He's not a part of our church family. And, and, he, and he found out later in life about a kid that he had had, much younger in life, that he didn't know about. And he discovers this child that he never had a relationship with. And so he and this, this child, they, they connect really for the first time in life. And, and they're enjoying this new relationship of, of parent and child. And, and, and he starts to talk to me about his child. And his child's no longer a kid anymore, 30-year-old adult. And he's starting to talk about how, how his, his kid is all kinds of confused. Confused sexually. He's, he's, he's confused about, uh, about God, and he's confused, and he's angry, and he's frustrated, and I was just listening to this father talk, and, and I love what he said. He said, my, my child spent 30 years without a father. 
Of course there's gonna be some confusion. Of course there's gonna be some, some, some questions. And, 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 and I love because he, he didn't say, I'm just gonna condone and I'm gonna put my, my hand of favor on. I'm just gonna do whatever, please. No, he says, in fact, I'm doing the exact opposite. I'm trying to help my kid walk with Jesus and to live in truth and to be shaped by the scriptures. He, but I love this. He said, but I get it. And there's something about listening to him speak that resonated so deep in my heart. Jesus, he gets the why behind everything in our lives. He gets the why behind why you choose to do things. And doesn't condone it, and he's not saying it's okay. In fact, it's the exact opposite. He wants to help you walk in repentance and to lay aside things that are actually stealing your soul of joy. But you need to know, when you come to Jesus, you're going to get someone who's gentle, and you're going to get someone who gets it. I get it. Not someone who's sitting there going, you should have had this figured out. We've already dealt with this. Why are we dealing with this again? No, I get it. Not a, not saying it's okay. I get it. Let's work on this. Jesus says, I'm gentle and humble in heart. Listen to what he says. He says, and you will find rest for your souls. Come to me. Take my yoke. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Souls are the, the forever part of us. The part that even though... When we die, Christ returns. We are raised from the dead. The soul is, remains. The forever part of us. And I love what he's offering, the, the eternal peace that we'll experience forever with the Father and with the Son and with the Spirit in heaven. I'll give you that rest. Rest in your innermost part. And, and he ends this way. He says, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He says, life with me, my yoke, being my disciple, is easy. And what he's not saying there, he's not saying that, that it's, it's never difficult. What he's saying, a better translation of the word easy, is my yoke is kind. That life with me is marked with goodness. That you can expect a, to, to find in me a benevolent God. Brothers and sisters, what we find in Jesus as we live with him as we live like him and for him. On the onset, it might seem like submitting ourselves, giving up our autonomy, it might feel burdensome, but actually, it's the opposite. Think about times in your life when, when you've taken life into your hands, when you've just followed every um, impulse of your heart, every fleshly desire that you have, what happens when, when you try to be king and queen of your own life, and you know what I've discovered in my own life? I'm not fit to be king, even in my own life. <laughs> that I need a king that can teach me and walk with me and help me because so often in my flesh, I just choose the wrong path. And I end up putting a bigger burden on my life when I'm calling the shots. And when we choose to, to be yoked with Jesus, to be his disciple, to live every part of life with him, for him, for his glory, what you find is that the the load is light. It doesn't mean that it's easy, but there is a, a lightness about the way that you live life. There's a sweetness to the way that you enjoy life. There is a peace that is so different than the world. Here in just a minute, we're going to take communion. We're going to celebrate the reality that because of Jesus' life and death and resurrection, that 
as followers of Jesus, man, we're at peace with God. That we're blameless before God, that, that our future is secured with God forever. And as we're taking communion, as we're reflecting on the beauty of who Jesus is and what he's done, I'd love for us to wrestle with a question or two. You know, there are some things that Jesus asks of us in these verses. There are some conditions that he puts out in Matthew 28, or Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. There are some conditions to us experiencing this rest that we must come to him. We must take his yoke and we must learn from him. And I want to encourage you this week to wrestle, to think about how the Lord might be inviting you to live more fully like this. But for today, as we take communion, I want you to wrestle with this question. Is there anything burdening you or causing you to be weary right now? As we take communion, I want you to, you know, for for some of you, you need to just sit with the Lord. And there's some really heavy things that are going on in your life, and you just need to talk to God about them. But others of you, just like so many times in my life, the way that the Lord is going to impart that peace is by opening up to the people around you. To share trusted people. What's, what's actually burdening you right now? Where are you weary in life? And as you're taking communion, I encourage you to, to pray for each other. And I love this. This is where I'll end today. You know, Jesus is most certainly gentle. And he's always gentle when we come to him with our weariness and our burdens. We also have to wrestle with the question, but, but what about those who don't come to Jesus? The scriptures make it abundantly clear what Christ is going to do when he returns. Because his work is not yet finished in this world. The world's still broken. There's so much evil, so much injustice. There's so much darkness. The enemy, Satan, is still on the prowl. And Jesus, gentle-hearted Jesus, is coming back. And what the scriptures declare is that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to save his people. That he knows us, that that he's going to claim us and that he is going to take us to be with him forever. But it also, the scriptures also declare that Christ Jesus will punish and he is going to separate himself. As 2 Thessalonians 1 says, those who do not know God and who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus And if you're here this morning, you're not a follower of Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You're not walking and living life with him. Let me ask you, why not? Why not? You know, is it because of you watching people who call themselves Christians but don't live like that? Are you just repulsed by it? Man, don't, don't be like that. Open your life up to see what Jesus is like. All kinds of people are going to misrepresent him. Don't distance yourself from Jesus just because there are people out there not living like him. That's not how you want to live your life. I appreciate that Jesus lays out explicitly in scripture what we can expect from him in this life and when he returns. There are no secrets. Only good secrets await. You realize that? 
The mysteries, the, the hard things that, that we don't understand are good gifts that God's going to give to us. But the hard things in life, the, 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 the terrible realities, he makes abundantly clear so that we can make a really calculated, informed choice. Jesus says, here's what you can expect from life with me. You can discover that I'm actually kind and that your life can be marked with a lightness, that you can be filled in this life with purpose and joy, that you can experience what life is like with God being on your side, or, or you can reject me. And you can spend your life believing lies about me. Um, you can spend your life being weighed down by burdens or drowning them out. You can spend your life not fully enjoying life as it could be. And Jesus just spells it out there. You get to choose. I'm not going to make you be my disciple. I want you to be my disciple because it'll make you come alive like nothing else will, but you have to choose it. My invitation through Jesus this morning is if you're not enjoying relationship with him, come to him. Give your life to him today. Find the purpose of life through the man, Jesus Christ. And so as we take communion here in just a minute, I encourage you to, if you're not a follower of Jesus, but man, you want to be. And I know it's scary and I know you don't have it all figured out. None of us did when we started following Jesus. Take that step today. There'll be some men and women that respond, man, we'd love to talk to you. If, if there are people here that you came with, man, be honest with them. Give your life to Jesus. Be baptized. Be filled with the Spirit. And then lastly, you know, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, man, may we continue to spend our lives bringing our family and our friends that don't know Jesus to this Jesus. Keep praying for them. Keep praying for the people in your life that don't know Jesus. He's not going to evacuate you from that situation. He puts you there to keep walking on that hard path. Keep talking about Jesus. Keep praying for them. Keep believing. Okay? Don't give up. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Let's pray. Lord, May your name be greatly praised among us. May you be pleased among every man and woman and child in this room. May we rise to reflect you in this world. May we, may we have hope. May we walk in obedience to these words, continuing to trust you with our weariness and burdens. And may we receive the rest that you offer us. Lord, if there is anything that I said today that's not from you, that not from your heart, let it be forgotten, forgiven. God, but the words that are from you, let them bear fruit in my life and in our lives. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.